I'm reviewing here! Oh my god, you guys. Sweet Mother Jesus of Christ of Mary of Magdalene of Christ of Mary. I just spent the last hour trying to figure out how to connect my headphones to this friggin' microphone. When all I had to do was just fix the output. I had the output wrong. That's all I had to do. Yeah, just wasted my entire goddamn evening doing this. I'm so mad I could use like a shot of alcohol right now. Christ almighty. Oh wait, I forgot to do my intro. Well, hi everybody. Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here. I am your host, Matt Bussey. I am going to watch and review Sight and Sound's greatest movies of all time. What's Sight and Sound? I can't get into it. Just Google it. I'm in too much of a mood right now. I'm in a better mood because this is so cool. I said this a while ago, but like having headphones on while podcasting makes you feel good. A lot of weird things make me feel good. Not necessarily tonight though. I've, I've, I, uh, well, I wasted my the last hour figuring this out, and I also wasted my evening catching up on uh, The Bachelor. And I'm now also watching Perfect Match on Netflix. So, yeah, that is my life. I'm not going to let it, you know, degrade my soul or whatever. I can't figure out what I'm trying to say. Guys, it's also really late. I'm recording late. I don't usually do this. Well, I wasn't supposed to be late. I was supposed to record this at like eight o'clock. Uh, but yeah, you know, crap happens. But uh, yeah, anyway, look, I have something to say about The Bachelor and all of those dating shows. They are so trashy. But you know what? I would go on a show like that under two conditions. It's not filmed and you don't have to get married at the end. I mean, I know that wouldn't really make it The Bachelor or Perfect Match, but come on, that would be fun. You get to go to like a nice resort. You get to drink all the time for free. You you also, this is what I like, you don't have to, you get your phone taken away from you, which I think is actually really like a good thing. Yeah. The only annoying thing would have to, would be to have to deal with all of the other insecure, obnoxious people in that room. I, The Bachelor, I have to eventually like, look away when they do those montages of everybody crying. Okay, guys, I don't mean to be harsh, but shut up. Get a shrink. Just get a shrink. Okay. I'm insecure about dating too. I want to find love, but I'm not like that desperate to go on a dating show. Okay. And when you cry like that, because you meet, you meet somebody and after one day you're like, I love him. I love her. I love them. I just want to get married. You've, you've barely known them. You've barely known them. Please stop. Oh, me mighty. But I would go on a show like that. But again, you don't have to get married at the end and it's not filmed. It'd be fun. I'm not jacked at all. Like, I would not fit in with any of the other manly looking guys there. But uh, it'd be fun. I'm way too uh, swank swanky. No. What's the word? Not swanky. Scrawny. That's what I meant to say. Also, guys, like, this mic, I don't even, I hope this is working, because if you, like, do you hear that? Yeah, that's my chair. So hopefully, well, hopefully you didn't hear that, because then that would be really embarrassing. This is so boring. Let's get into it. I'm also really, like, I'm in the mood right now, because I'm back in my city, Philadelphia, City of Brotherly Love. Wasn't that a, that was a show, City of Brotherly Love. Yeah, I don't like to say that word, brotherly. Brotherly, brotherly, brotherly. Say Dame Judi Dench 10 times really fast. Dame Judi Dench, Dame Judi Dench. That's from the James Corden show. 
City Brotherly Love was a show with the Lawrence Brothers, but I don't remember them from that show, you guys. I remember them from the Disney Channel, Horse Sense, Jumping Ship, Matthew Lawrence on Boy Meets World, Matthew Lawrence and Mrs. Doubtfire, Andrew Lawrence and the other me. If you're old and you don't know what I'm talking about, shame on you. Google everything I just said. Well, Mrs. Doubtfire, you've seen, duh. I mean, that's a classic. But all those other DCOMs. What's a DCOM? Okay, I'll, I'll stop being mean. Disney Channel original movie. Just go watch those movies. They're classics. Anyway, today's movie that I'm going to talk about has absolutely nothing to do with Disney. It has absolutely nothing to do with joy or happy people or 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 uh, anything good in life. <laughs> so it kind of fits my mood right now, which is I think the universe happens for everything happens for a reason. I guess it's good that I'm reviewing this uh, because this is a very sad movie. This is the movie... Uh, by, this is, is a movie by a very famous director named Robert Bresson. Il est français. Il a été, no, il a été français. He passed away. This is, ladies and gentlemen, Mouchette. 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 Moi, je les déteste. Je leur tiens les têtes à tous. Mouchette. 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 It's me. <coughs> oh, God. Why did I do that? Wow. That trailer alone kind of just gives me the creeps. Uh, yeah, guys, that's what Mouchette is. It's a very eerie movie. Uh, it's a very... It is a very upsetting movie. Now, you may be wondering... well. Mr. Bussy, if it's so upsetting, why would I want to watch it? Guys, I understand. I get it. Uh, I was already in a bad mood <laughs> when I watched this. And then, and I admit, like, the movie kind of did not really help my mood at all. But here's the thing, though. You know, out of all the movies I've reviewed so far, this is the real, the first one that really requires a deep analysis. You know, I think in the description of this podcast, I say very condescendingly, Matt's going to learn about the ideological meaning behind a film. What does ideology of film mean? Well, basically it means what is a movie really about? Like what's the hidden meaning behind a movie? You know, what's, what's underneath those layers of scenes and those characters? What is it really about? They jam this into our heads if you go to and if you go to film school, they probably still do. If you go to Temple University, at least they probably still do. It's fascinating, though. I mean, this is why I love movies. This is why I started the podcast. Ideological analysis. I mean, I remember writing about The Ring, one of my favorite movies, as you may know by now. And I wrote about how I thought the secret meaning of the movie was that uh, the media controls our. Uh, perception of events through all the shocking images that they show on tv <laughs> it makes total sense huh i think i gotta be on it 
Um, my teacher didn't hadn't seen the movie, so she was like, okay, well, I believe you. So I was like, oh, great. That's a good way to get an A if your teacher hasn't seen the movie. But that's kind of like an example. You know, I remember uh, someone wrote about Toy Story, about how it's secretly uh, a metaphor for like, I don't know, like consumerism or something. But there's simpler ones. Twilight, for example, the Twilight franchise. What's it really about? Abstinence. Don't have sex with your hubby until you're married. Don't have sex with a vampire if you're human because he's going to break you apart down there. Sorry, I know that's graphic, but that's the point of the whole movie. It's the point of all the movies. That's why you have to wait four movies to watch Edward and Bella. Boink. Yeah, I'm a big Twilight fan. Except for New Moon. New Moon is, like, horrendous. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but there are other meanings, you know, ideological meanings. Harry Potter, for example. Uh... What's the meaning behind that? Wizards can be evil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there's probably a deeper meaning with the Harry Potter movies that I have not dug into. But uh, Mushet, though, yeah, Mushet, out of all the films, though, this one, like, I truly was like, wow. What am I watching? What is this about? I need to really not look away from any frame in this movie and and... That's what it does. As as depressing a movie as it is, you cannot look away from it. It is so hypnotic. Hypnotically filmed, hypnotically made. It's it 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 just it's a movie I think about how society when society degrades you, when society fails you, this is what happens. This is what happens to Mouchette, the lead character in this movie. Mouchette is also French. It means little, like, baby fly. Uh, and it also has another meaning, which... Oh, I got a quick... Oh, I did not... Uh, per, oh, damn it. I had this up, but I accidentally accidentally deleted it. Mouchette also means an ogie plane. What's an ogie? Isn't it, like, a, an instrument? Is it Or is it OG? Okay. Mouchette, the character, I don't think has to relate to an instrument, but to a baby fly? Yeah, I could see that. Because what happens with flies? Flies we're constantly swatting at. You know, we're constantly, like, hitting at them and, and abusing them, essentially. And Mouchette, in this movie, is an innocent little teenage girl who is just constantly getting, like, smacked in the face, both physically and, and figuratively speaking. You know, smacked in the face by the people around her, smacked in the face by her life. You know, and it's a, it's it's a it's an interesting character because she is uh, a victim, but she's also kind of a brat in the movie. You know, there's a great line in the film where uh, this this old woman tells Mouchette, "Tu as le mal dans tes yeux," which means you have evil behind your eyes. Yeah, it it's wow, and I haven't even told you why it's so damn depressing. Okay, so. Mouchette, what is this movie about? Well, a little backstory. So Robert Bresson is a very prolific uh, French director. Shockingly, you guys, this was the first movie of his I have ever seen. I'm in my 30s. This was the first movie of Robert Bresson that I have ever seen. And a lot of his other films are on the site and soundless, which I cannot wait to get to. And I did a little bit of, uh, I cheated a little bit and read a little bit about them. And they're also very depressing. So... I gotta, I gotta get ready for that. But, um, also just going back to the depressing movies thing, uh, uh, argument, look, movies can be sad. Movies can be really dramatic. 
it doesn't mean that you have to enjoy them. No one goes and says, wow, I really enjoyed Precious based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. No one says that. It's a fantastic movie, but did you enjoy it? No. No, it's not an enjoyable movie, but it's it's amazingly well made. Gabrielle Sidibe totally deserved that Oscar. She should have won. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm th- there's a 30 Rock episode where they make fun of that movie and they call it uh, Luscious based on the novel Tush by Assfire. <laughs> It's not funny. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, but Mouchette, though. Uh, okay, very artsy movie. It was. Uh, it's based on a book by Georges Bernanot. Uh, it stars an unknown, mostly unknown cast. I didn't know any of the characters in it. One of the actors, is named, his name is uh, Jean-Claude Guibert. He was in another one of Bresson's movies, which is, is coming up in a few episodes. But Mouchette, what's it about? Okay. It's set in a rural French village in kind of like modern day, like the 60s. Uh, it looks like a very poor town. Mouchette, oh, this poor girl. She's literally very poor. Her mother is dying, uh, literally in her bed dying. She has to take care of her baby brother who doesn't even have a crib. He's just he's lying on like a full grown bed. Uh, in this tiny house. Her father is an alcoholic dickhead who is always drinking and is abusive to her, hits her. You know, there's a scene where they're going to church and she, like, gets her clogs, her her shoes, her clogs dirty, and she, uh, he, like, pushes her into the church. He slaps her in another scene. So she is living a horrendous life. Musha is also played by this phenomenal actress named Nadine Nortier. I don't think she was in a lot of other movies, uh, but her her expressions in this film are just like gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, and and uh, she, she's simply astounding in this film. So again, there's not a real plot to this movie. I should also start, I mean, right off the bat, this movie sinks its its hooks into your skin ow oh that sounded painful i mean it does because in the very first shot you're like well what's that about in the very first shot you see mouchette's mother and she's sitting inside what looks like a church she's like sitting on a stool and she just says out loud what it's the first lines of the whole movie what will become of them without me i can feel it in my breast it's like a stone inside she stands up, she exits the frame, and what happens? Nothing. The camera doesn't move. The camera keeps its spot on that shot. And, you know, some the, the credits come up and you hear, you know, the music, and then it just goes right into the film. Well, what was that about? Was that Mouchette's, was that a dream of hers? Was that, like, her very last what's going on you know so right off the bat like that's when a movie has you and it continues to do that you know when the movie opens up we don't see Mouchette it opens up in this uh in in the woods there's this guy and this, this is a really good shot this guy is spying on this other guy who's setting an animal trap uh for like rabbits or birds or whatever I don't know but this guy is like spying on him and it's like a thriller. You know, the camera goes back and forth. He sets the trap. It goes back to the other guy. His eyes are wide open and he's he's staring at this guy like a hawk. The guy leaves and then uh, a bird gets stuck in this trap and the guy gets up and he takes the trap off the bird and sets it loose and the bird flies away. 
Er, metaphor? Maybe. We shall see. So what the heck was that about? We don't know. But this is what a good movie does. It gets it, it, it gets you in. It attracts you. Because you have no idea what's going on. But that cinematography and the, the weird, almost surreal, like dreamlike quality of it all, it 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 keeps you wanting more. This movie is the epitome of artsy. Artsy scares a lot of people, but you know, Mouchette though. It really, really does a good job. I mean, I was watching Mouchette and all I could think about was all the film festivals I've gone to and all of the artsy foreign films and everyone, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much like Mouchette. There's so much like Mouchette. The movie. So we follow Mouchette some more uh, in the film. You know, she goes to school. She's got no friends. Clogs, too. I mentioned that. She has to wear these really loud clogs. I actually did not mind that. Clogs. I love the sound of clogs so much i can't do it it's like horses gallop uh, horses galloping you know sound plays a really important part in this movie too it really really does i mean the sound of her clogs as she walks there's a uh you know another big sequence where her mom is sick and she has to take care it's late at night and and musha has to take care of the baby and you keep hearing these cars go by and the sound just gets like so loud like you know you're like oh what you know it's something to think about i think when you watch this movie it really really is the sound and every single little frame in it it's less about plot it's more about what is brayson trying to really say about society well less about society but more about this poor girl i mean she's got no friends she goes to school she gets in trouble in school because she won't sing in choir and her teacher is, you know, very nasty and like shoves her head into a piano. And then the next scene's a little interest, interesting. You know, Mouchette, everybody's coming out of school and Mouchette hides uh, under this hill and she picks up these clods of dirt and she throws them at the students one by one as they're standing there. And the students kind of react interestingly because they don't really, well, they react interestingly by not really reacting at all. They kind of just look at her like, ugh, and then, you know, nothing happens. That's another big theme theme in the movie, I think, is, uh, what's the word? Emotionlessness, you know? Mouchette just doesn't care. She does not give one flying F word, you know? She, this is what society's done to her. The movie takes some interesting turns. You know, there's a sequence where she goes to this fair in town and she's riding bumper cars uh, and... Oh, my voice just cracked. Sorry about that. Uh-huh. She's riding bumper cars and there's another young boy who looks like he's her age and they kind of start to flirt, but while they're in bumper cars. So they're bumping into each other, but they're kind of like smirking at each other too. And it's like a very aggressive way of flirting. And again, it kind of goes back to Mouchette's life. I mean, like, that's kind of like the only way she can make a connection is to, you know, hit, like, be physical, you know? And it's kind of a, a, it ends up being a bit of a devastating scene because, you know, they get off bumper cars. She goes up to approach this boy and her father approaches her and slaps her across the face. (sighs) Yeah. I, I hate to say, like, 
I hate what I'm about to say, guys, but things do get really dark all of a sudden in Mouchette, uh, in the movie. So, okay. We're introduced to some other characters. There is a bartender. Her name is Louisa. Uh, she does not look very happy at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's like no smiling in this movie. None of the women in this movie look happy. But Louisa, you know, she is basically being crushed on, by, or being, uh, being crushed on. No, who says that? There are these two guys in town who have a crush on her. One of them is Arsene. Arsene uh, is an alcoholic in town. He is a hunter, a poacher, that is. He's the guy in the beginning that was uh, setting up the trap. And he's also, and as we later find out, he's epileptic. The other guy who likes her is, he's the gamekeeper of the town. Which, gamekeeper, I, I don't really know what that means. I think it's basically a fancy French term for like the mayor or like the head of the town. His name is my name. His name is Mathieu, uh, played by Jean Vimenet, another actor I never heard of. Does a great job though. Anyway, they both like this girl, Louisa, uh, cut to the scene in the middle of the woods. It's pouring with rain. Mouchette got lost, uh, gets lost in the woods coming home from school uh, and she gets stuck in the storm and it's, you know, raging outside Mathieu approaches our son in the woods and is like, you know, stay away from her. I like her. And they have this little, tiny little fight. Uh, they fall on some rocks and, but they're okay. I mean, Mathieu bleeds a little bit, but they get up and, and uh, it's a very weird scene because like, they kind of start to like laugh. Kind of like, wow, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> I did not understand it at all. Cut to the next scene. Arsene is, you know, walking back to his place and he runs into uh, Mouchette and he's like, who are you? Come with me. Come with me. And he takes her to this little like hut that he's made out in the woods. And he tells her these weird things. He just basically tells her, okay, okay. When you go back to town, you have to tell them, uh, these things. Okay. Tell them that, you know, you ran into me, but it was, it was nothing. And, and I, I didn't do anything wrong. And she's kind of like wide eyed, like, oh, okay. And he then explains to her, I think I killed someone, uh, and I'm afraid. So I need you to be, uh, you know, my alibi for this event. And you're like, wait, what did he kill Matthew? I thought he didn't kill him. What's going on? And the whole time he's doing this, I mean, I thought he had friggin' killed the guy because Arsene is like, he like dumps all these like ashes out of the hut. And you're like, what? wait, what, what, what? So he walks her back to town uh, and they go into this uh, little like workshop building. The storm has stopped. It's the middle of the night. Mouchette kind of seems to, you, you, you kind of are like, does she like this guy? Like, is she attracted to him? He, he's not, he's way older than her. But anyway, she, you know, he kind of, all of a sudden, she kind of begins to tell him, you know, I'm, uh, I want to leave now. I want to leave. And he freaks out. He has an epileptic fit. He's like foaming at the mouth and she sings this. It was in the trailer, that song. She plays, you know, she sings that song to him. One of the the open, the first lyrics of the song are hope in French. Hope. Hope is dead! Exclamation point. Yeah. Fits the movie, am I right? 
Yeah. Metaphor. Yeah. Sorry. I'll stop saying that. That's not funny at all. This is where it gets really dark. You guys, Mouchette uh, gets up to leave and Arsene pins her to the ground and he rapes her. Now, this is night. This movie came out in 1967 in France. You, it, it's not a graphic scene. It is, of course, because any rape in any movie is graphic. But, you know, it, it's uh, the way it's handled is so strange, though, because you know what happens when Arsène pushes her to the ground, Mouchette doesn't scream. She puts her, her fists up and she puts her arms up, you know, in a panic. And then you know what she does next? She hugs him. Like, she embraces him. Kind of like she wants it to be a mutual uh, uh, act, in a way. <sighs> it's messed up. It's really messed up. It's so messed up. She goes back home. Uh, her mother dies that night. Cuts the next morning, and... Basically, uh, it, it's it, it's church day. You can just tell everyone's going to church. And Mouchette goes to this uh, little uh, shop to get some food. And the shopkeeper basically can smell, like, sex on her and can kind of, like, tell that she's been impure or, uh, 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 no, not impure. What's the word? Yeah, she can tell that, like, she's been intimate with someone. And this woman right off just calls her a little slut. And, you know, uh, Mouchette is trying to go back to town and these other women are looking at her and you can just, they're giving her, you know, the stink eye, like, wow, I can't believe you. So she's being ostracized. She's being, uh, uh, you know, Easy A. What's Easy A based on that book? The Scarlet Letter. She's being Scarlet Lettered, essentially. So, uh, cut to the next scene, and it turns out that that uh, Mathieu is alive. Arsène didn't kill him. No. Arsène was just drunk and crazy and a rapist and awful. So Mathieu's alive, and he and his wife bring her, bring Mouchette into their, their home, and they tell her that, you know, Arsène's been arrested. He, he told the cops that he told you that he needed an alibi. Do, do you know about this? And what does Mouchette do? She defends him. She says, no, no, no. I He didn't do anything wrong. I, I was with him that night. I... <sighs> yeah. It's frustrating. It's, you know, that's the thing about this movie. Every time you think Mouchette's going to come to her senses, she doesn't. But, you know, Bresson, he's very clever in that way. He He's intentionally doing that. Right after this, you know, the people in town very quickly find out that Mouchette's mother died and, and you know, they're planning her funeral. And there's this sweet old woman who uh, takes her in. She's the one who says, you have evil under your eyes. And she says this because she takes her into her home and, and says, okay, I'm so sorry about your mom. You know, let me get you a dress for the funeral. What does Mouchette do? She's wearing her clogs and they're filthy muddy and she rubs her feet on this nice woman's carpet. And that's when the woman says, I, what are you doing? You know, you have evil in your eyes. And Mouchette takes the dress and runs out. She, you know, goes near that trap that Arsène had set up and a rabbit gets stuck in it. And Mouchette kind of goes near it and is curious, but doesn't, doesn't free it. 
she goes up to this hill and she again she's holding on to this dress and she goes to put it on and it gets ripped on this 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 uh branch so it's ruined already she sees a guy uh uh What's he doing? Oh yeah, he's 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 a tractor. She sees a guy in a tractor going by. He doesn't really seem to see her, and she doesn't really cry out to him. And then Mouchette, it's such a weird, surreal sequence. She basically holds onto this dress, and then she rolls down this hill, and she does it a few times. And at the bottom of this hill is is a uh, a river. And she rolls down a few times, and then the very last time she does it, you know, the, the dress comes out of her hands, and she falls into the river, and she doesn't come up. And just like the opening scene, the sh- this camera does not move. It just stays, it lingers on that water. The puddles or, or the, the, you know, the ripples of it are, you know, going by. And then the sound, the music plays. And then, my friends, the movie ends. Mushik commits suicide. <laughs> if I've depressed you, I do apologize. Uh, this also, I mean, look, guys, we're going to get a lot more depressing movies than this. So you may be wondering, Matt, I want to, I have to go to therapy now. Why would I watch that? Why would I want to watch that? I, I, again, I get it. Mushik is a mystifying movie. It is a movie so mystifying that it blew me away. I understand it's an upsetting movie, but again, it, it's a movie with a very clear purpose. And that that purpose is, you know, I think Bresson is trying to, to make a greater statement about society. This is what, it's a philosophical movie, you guys. This is what society does to you doesn't make you just a victim it makes you mean it makes you you know nasty it's 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 a heartbreaking thing but i think that's what makes the movie so brave so brave about it the cinematography the sounds the 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 you know the shots every shot in this movie has something to say every shot uh and it's just like little shots you know like i i took a note here there's a scene where Mouchette has to go feed the ba- her baby brother and she gets this cloth and the baby's crying and crying and crying and the cars are going by and you can hear the cars going by and it's so loud. And Mouchette, this is after she's been raped. She has tears, you know, uh, coming down her face and she just kind of stands there and then she just slowly wipes the tears away with the cloth. It's a very artistic moment you know every shot in this movie again I, i'm repeating myself is like a piece of art it, it's it's fascinating it really really is fascinating i think you know the other thing about mouchette you know again and if i sound redundant i apologize but you know motifs in this film are a huge thing motifs alcohol it's a huge thing in this movie. It's it's everywhere. You know, the father's an alcoholic. Louisa works in a bar. Uh, when Louisa's mother dies, the last thing she says is, you know, give me liquor, give me liquor. I just, I want to die feeling good at least, you know. It's, and even, you know, like, uh, 
Arsène is an alcoholic, and even when he's fighting Mathieu, he drops his canteen bottle uh, full of, of liquor. It's kind of like, what do you think about, what does liquor represent in this film? Is it is it a good thing? Is it Does it represent salvation in a way? We don't know. There's just a lot in this movie. There's a lot to, un, to uh, unpack. A lot, a lot, a lot. I found a great article from the Criterion Collection. This movie, too, is available. Uh, I think it's available to rent on the Criterion channel, if you have that. And it is also, you know, it was restored by the Criterion Collection. Uh, very deservedly so. But I found this great article that I'll put in the show notes that I think if you watch this movie and you're like, Matt, I've no, what the heck? Why did you? I don't understand any of it. Um, this movie, I mean, this article explains a lot of it, though. Uh, there are so many lines in it. Uh, even actual quotes that uh, Bresson said about filmmaking that says a lot about the movie. You know, he says, for example, the ear, the ear goes more toward the within, the eye toward the outer. The eye, in general, is superficial, and the ear is profound and inventive. Huh. And what is it about that opening scene with that mom? What does that mean, you guys? You're just, you're just going to have to watch it and find out. Yeah. You're going to have to watch it and find out. And this is why I love movies so much, because, you know, this is why... I've, I've loved discussions like this about movies. I really, really do. Okay. Do I recommend this movie? 100%. I think this is a fantastic movie. Does, does it make you want to take a long, hot shower and, and like cry and, and be grateful of, of your current life? Yeah, it does. Uh, is it very artistically done? Does it make you think a lot? Yes, it does. And for that, I recommend it very, very much. I hate to end on such a depressing note. Um, also, you know, I have to go to bed soon. Oh God, I got to do my dishes. Crap. Ugh. But I will say this though, Mouchette, movies like Mouchette, this, this, you know, if you're not, if you're new to interpreting movies and finding ideological meanings, ignore all the big words, ignore all the big words. Ignore them. Don't think about that. Don't think about the rule book of watching a movie and, well, what is it? What am I supposed to think? Watch it yourself and then form your own reaction and then read. You can listen to what I say or you can read, you know, what people interpret about movies like Mouchette. Because, you know, the imagination that went into it, I just think is so astounding. So I recommend 100% this movie. I really, really do. And then I recommend that you watch Toy Story afterwards <laughs> or a happy. What is the happiest movie ever made? I don't even know. The Princess Diaries. Yeah, watch something like that. Do not watch Precious after this movie. Yeah, that would be a horrible idea. All right, guys, I'm going to let you go. Mouchette, fantastic, heavy, amazing, hypnotically made classic. And I cannot wait to watch more of this director. I really hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode, and I hope you're still willing to subscribe. It is official now. This podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it is official, official. I did the research. I'm not lying. I swear to God. Please rate and subscribe. Uh, rate and review, I mean. Uh, uh, tell your friends about it. Uh, it's been so much fun. I cannot wait for the next movie. I cannot freaking wait. If you go to the site and sound list, you're going to know the movie, uh, but... and 
yeah, it's, it is a classic movie, and it's one of my favorite friggin' movies. I don't even have to rewatch it because I've seen it. I got to see it on the big screen last year, and it was, guys, it was so phenomenal. I could cry just thinking about it. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys next time. Keep it real. Adios. Or as the French say, mouchette. No. Oh, I'm so bad at jokes. Have a good day, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>